Would you stand as we read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6? As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Father, we thank you again for this letter that we've received, that you've passed down, that you have held for us. And we ask that as we spend time in this today, that you will reveal truth to us. Father, that you will open our hearts, open our eyes to receive, open our ears to hear what you have for us. And the Lord, help us to then take what you have given to us and put it into application in our lives. Put it into practice in our lives. Lord, so that we may be more like you and so that we may represent you well in this world that so desperately needs you. Father, we thank you for your presence with us. We pray that you will continue to be present. Continue to show yourself to us. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I've said this each week. I'll continue to say it. I hope that you're taking an opportunity to read through the entire letter at least once a week. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I encouraged you to do it in different translations, and so I want to do that as well. Uh, Try try a different translation. Um, I did. I shared last week that someone said that they had been reading it in English. They decided to read it in Spanish, and they said it just kind of opened up even more to them. If you don't understand Spanish, I wouldn't recommend doing that uh, because it might get harder to understand. Um, But I encourage you to do that, different translations, just read it, take time. takes about 15 to 20 minutes to go through it, and I want to encourage you to do that. Last week, we wrapped up the first half of the book, and this week we're starting with chapter 4 in the second half of the book, and kind of the difference between the two, the first half shows who we are in Jesus. Uh, I had someone this morning after the first service say to me, it's who we are and really what we have in Jesus. And, and for me, I kind of put that all in one thing. It's our identity. Our, who we are and what we have is, for me, is our identity in Jesus. And um, it's, it's exciting to find out who we are and what we have. And when we truly understand who we are and what we have in Jesus, then to me, the do part, which is to me the second part, really should come naturally uh, because we are so thankful for who we are and our identity in Jesus. And so now we get to look at um, we get to look at the second part. So, you know, it starts right out. Uh, I urge you uh, that, it, well, it has the word then. Other translation says therefore. And, you know, why is it therefore? Well, because the first half, everything he said about our identity has brought us to this point to say, okay, now that you understand these things, this is what comes next. Um, And so we know who Jesus is because of the first three chapters. We know who we are in Christ. We know it's his power working in us. And so now he says, now that you know those things, I urge you to do this. And he gives us what he calls us to do. 
I love this because he doesn't give us a list of rules of do's and don'ts right off the bat. Now he does, we get to that in, in, in a couple chapters, but, but he doesn't give us that right off the bat. Instead he says, I, I give you this. So verse one uh, says, as a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Worthy of the calling you have received. We have all been called. We have all received a calling. Every single one of us, we have received a calling. Now I think the first calling that we have is that calling to come to Jesus. Jesus, scripture is clear. He desires that no one would, would go without Jesus. We are called to receive Jesus. That's the first calling that we have. Now, once we accept Jesus, now we begin to live for him. And, and this is, as we live for him, that is our general calling. And I, and I worked with students, and so students often came up with the question, what is God's will for my life? Uh, not just students, but adults too. What is God's will for my life? This is God's general will or his general call for all of us. What we're supposed to do. I'll tell you this right now. We're supposed to live according to this word that God has given us. We're supposed to live according to the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Who reveals truth to us. And I'll say this right now. That if we ever feel like we're hearing something from the Holy Spirit. And he's telling us to do something. That it will line up with God's word. If you are hearing something that doesn't line up with God's word. Then I do not believe that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Okay. But the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to you, will line up with God's word. And everything in here is God's call, God's will for our life. Uh, I read an article by a guy named John Stott. Um, uh, this is on the website, the C.S. Lewis Institute. And it's, about, it's called The Call to Follow Christ. Um, and it's talking about our general call uh, as followers of Jesus. And he breaks it down to this. He basically says there's three things that we do uh, when it comes to following Jesus. Um, we walk away from sin. We deny ourselves. And we make Jesus Lord. Those are the three things that we do. God's general will for our, for our lives. God's call on our life is to walk away from sin, to deny ourselves, and make Jesus Lord. There you go. You've got the key. Go do it. Right? Then Jesus completes this call when he tells us to go and make disciples. But here's the thing. Going and make disciples is basically that. It's helping others follow Jesus, walk away from sin, deny themselves, and make Jesus Lord. That's the call that God gives us. He gives us those things to do them on our own, in our own lives. And then he says, go make disciples, help other people do these things. He calls us to walk. The call that he's given us is to make disciples, to follow him. This is the general will that God has laid out in, in his scriptures for us, to follow this. If you want to know God's will for your life, it's right here. And the Holy Spirit will, will encourage this in your life. As you, lay down, as you lay down your life for him, as you deny yourself, as you make him Lord. Now, I know a lot of people that believe in Jesus. I know a lot of people that have prayed a prayer and accepted Jesus as Savior. Uh, I know less people that have made Jesus Lord of their life. I know people that have said they've made Jesus Lord of their life, but there's not the fruit that's always there. 
I believe that the fruit of the Spirit will reveal when someone has truly made someone Lord of their life. And it grows as we grow. The second part of this calling is the specific will. Um, Another article that I found by Dr. Michael Milton, uh, he calls this your technical call. The technical call. This is the call that's not specifically for for, for everybody, but it's just specific to you. The technical will. Um, in this, this article, this is actually an excerpt from his book, uh, Lord, I Want to Follow Your Call. He, he talks about the general call to everybody. He talks about what he calls the effectual call, and that's the call following God's word. And then the technical call, and that is the specific one for every individual. Uh, he quotes John Calvin, and uh, John Calvin says this, The Lord bids each one of us in all life's actions to look to his calling. For he knows with what great restlessness human nature flames, with what fickleness it it is born hither and thither, how its ambition longs to embrace various things at once. Therefore, let's through our stupidity and rashness everything be turned topsy-turvy. He has appointed duties for every man in his particular way of life. We would also say every woman. And that no one may thoughtlessly transgress his limits. He has named those various kinds of livings callings. Therefore, each individual has his own kind of living assigned to him by the Lord as a sort of sentry post so that he may not heedlessly wander about throughout life. God has given each of us something specific. Um, An example that he continues with in this article is in the book of Amos. So if you have your Bibles and you want to flip over quickly to the book of Amos, Uh, I'm going to read this. I don't know, can you flip to Amos quickly? Maybe if you have a tablet or phone. There it is. It's on page 1,339 in my Bible, if that helps. Amos chapter 7, starting at verse 10. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, king of Israel, Amos is raising a conspiracy against you in the very heart of Israel. The land cannot bear all his words, for this is what Amos is doing. Jeroboam will die by the sword, and Israel will surely go into exile away from their native land. Verse 12, then Amaziah said to Amos, get out, you seer, go back to the land of Judah. Earn your bread there and do your prophesying there. Don't prophesy anymore at Bethel, because this is the king's sanctuary and the temple of the kingdom. Verse 14, Amos answered Amaziah, I was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I was a shepherd, and I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord took me from tending the flock and said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. So here's a farmer, shepherd, taking, one who takes care of sheep, one who is, what, sycamore fig tree? I've never heard of that tree until I read that there. Uh, I don't know what that is like. I know fig trees, but with sycamore fig tree. Here's a guy who is a farmer, shepherd, and he's called to prophesy for God. It's what God called him to do. And he lays down everything and he goes and do, does it. And when they complain, he's like, basically, listen, I'm just doing what God told me to do. God has given each of us a call, an individual call. I'm thankful 
that for me, that he has placed me, I, when I went to school, when I first, when I was 17, and God said, this is what I want you to do, uh, and I surrendered to him 100%, said, Lord, um, I make you Lord of my life. I believe that God was calling me into the work of camp ministry, and I was excited about that because camp ministry is fun, right? And that's what I thought I was going to do. Um, God worked, though, and he moved, and he's allowed me to be in this role of pastor for quite some time now, and I'm very thankful for it. But I'll also say this, that just because you have a job, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the call that God has placed in your life. You can have a job, and that could be your career, that could be what you do to make money uh, or to provide for yourself, but he may give you a call that's outside and beyond that, that's even bigger than that. And we know that because of the people that God puts in our lives and points us towards, but also because of the giftings that the Holy Spirit gives us. When we find that call, that specific call, that technical call that God gives us, we need to hold on to that. And so my question for you this morning is this. Are we listening for the Lord for a specific calling? Amos was tending sheep and take care of sycamore fig trees, and he heard God's calling to go and prophesy in his name, and he went and did it. So we have been called. We've been called to Jesus. We've been called to uh, walk with Jesus according to his word, and then we have been called to live a specific calling on our lives. That is the calling that God's placed us on, that God has placed on our lives. But then he said this He says, I urge you to live a life worthy of our calling. Live a life worthy of our calling. So, what does that look like? What does that show us to live a life worthy? Well, I believe he gives us seven things here, seven things that he has for us that show that we, to show what it means to live a life that is worthy of our calling. Verses two through six says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. The first one I see that shows how worthy of our calling, how we should live, is that we should live humble. That we should live humbly. Humble, it means this, not proud or arrogant, but modest. We should live humble lives. Jesus is our perfect example of that. And we're very familiar with the verses, Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. It says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. We are called to be humble. Who do you know in your life that's humble? When you hear humble and you think of an example of humble, who do you think of? This is one of those things that I ask the Lord to help me with, to help me be humble. Uh, when I was in youth ministry, I was kind of one of those, uh, what you would call typical youth pastors. I was loud and obnoxious. Um, I was probably that way in college too, probably. I was that way in college too. Uh, I had many friends that often said they heard me coming before they saw me coming. Um, 
Matter of fact, I saw one of those friends in Winston-Salem. I had been out of school for about 15 years, and uh, I, was in, I was at Walmart, and all of a sudden I heard someone yell, Rockwell, and I turn around, and, uh, and I'm looking for whoever called, and I see this person looking for me at the same time. And when we saw each other, he goes, I knew I heard you. Um, and I hadn't seen him probably in 10 or 15 years. Um, but I, I was very loud. Uh, matter of fact, uh, uh, we had a thing with our friends when I was in college. Uh, look at me. We used to say, look at me at each other because we were always felt like we were fighting for the spotlight. Um, and I'm thankful that God has shown me. I, I'm not saying that I am humble in any way, but God has shown me that I don't need to be in the spotlight, um, that I need to help other people be in the spotlight. And, uh, and so God calls us to be Humble. The second one that I see here is gentle. God calls us to be gentle. In, in our calling, the way that we walk worthy is that we walk in gentleness. Philippians 4, 5 says, Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Gentle means kindly, amiable, mild. Who do you know? Or who do you think of when you hear the word gentle? Who's gentle? The third way that I believe that we're called to walk worthy is to show patience, to be patient. Proverbs 14, 29 says, whoever is patient has great understanding, but, who, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly, patience. Bearing provocation, hardship, pain, calmly and without complaint. Who do you think of when you hear the word patient? I'll tell you this right now, that as a young father, I was not patient with my boys. My boys actually complain now. They say that I, am, that, uh, that I, let, Je- that I let Isabel get away with way more than I let them get away with. And uh, th- they're right. I've had to apologize to them. Uh, I was way harder on them. But it was because the Lord had not allowed me at that point to experience patience in my life. Yeah, I, I, I would say I'm softer on Isabel, but it's probably because I'm also a lot more patient than I used to be. It doesn't mean I'll let her get away from things. She'll, she'll tell you right now, you don't let me get away from, with things. But I'm a lot more patient than I used to be. And I'm thankful for that. Who do you know in your life that displays patience? That includes when you're driving in traffic too. The fourth one I see here is bearing in love. Love being profoundly tender, passionate, affection. 1 John 3, 10 says, This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. We need to love. We get to love. When you think of loving, who is somebody in your life that you think of as loving? The fifth one that I see here is unified. We, we, we see the, the, all of this shows unity and how God is unified. There is one body. One spirit, just as you are called to one hope 
when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all, through all, and in all. Unified. The call that God has placed in our lives when we walk worthy in it calls us to be unified. Romans 15, 5 and 6 says, May the God who gives you endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're called to be unified, the state of being one, oneness. Uh, This past Tuesday, we had our elder meeting. uh, And as we do in our elder meetings, we discuss the various things that especially are coming up uh, that our denomination is discussing, especially with council coming up. And so we've had discussions on what, on the statement of faith. And so this past week, we talked about women in ministry and and where things are at there. and, And we all shared our various thoughts and ideas on it. And I'll say this right now, that we did not all stand in the same place of being eye to eye with all of it. But the spirit that was in the room as we discussed was open and allowing and we all got to share and we all got to talk and we all listened and there was no moment where anyone got fist pounding on the table and standing up and speaking their mind. We all got to listen. We all got to care. And then we got to pray for each other afterwards. And then we made some decisions based on that. And we agreed on those decisions. And I will tell you that that agreement wasn't 100% in any one-way direction. Each one of us probably could have said, well, this, well, that. But we came to a place of unity and oneness in that. And I think it's important for us to keep that unity and oneness and work towards that. And that means, a, a lot of the times, that means there's a little bit of giving that takes place. I don't want to say compromise, but there's a little bit of giving. Are we unified? The sixth one I hear, see here is peaceful. Peaceful means free from war or strife, commotion or violence or disorder. Proverbs 14.30, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Who do you know in your life that shows peace? Whether they're a person of peace, whether they are just someone that is at peace. God calls us to walk according, uh, worthy of our calling in peace. The last one that I see is hopeful, expectant, optimistic, confident. 1 John 3 Verses 2 and 3 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. We have the hope and know that Jesus is coming back. And that's why we are who we are and get to be who we get to be. is because we have this hope. Who do you know? Who do you think of when you think of someone that is hopeful in Jesus? Is God calling you to walk worthy of that? Are you doing that? So there we go. We talk about that we need to walk, that we get to walk in our calling. We get to walk, one, we get to know who Jesus is. We are introduced. He becomes our Savior. Two, we get to walk in our general calling that he's given to all of us. We get to follow his word. We get to follow Jesus, walk away from sin, deny others, and make Jesus Lord. And then we get to tell others, we get to disciple others to do the same thing, to follow Jesus, to walk away from their sin, to deny others, and make Jesus Lord. 
And then we have our specific call that God has given for each of us. And are we ready to ask and are we listening to Jesus and say, Jesus, what is my specific call? Do we ask this frequently? Because sometimes it does change and shift. And we need to be listening. Are we also walking in a manner worthy of our calling? Are we doing it humbly, gently, patiently, in love, unified, peaceful, and hopeful? I love that this is what he tells us to be and do first. These things. This is who we get to be first. I, I, I hate social media. I love social media, but I hate social media. I love the connectedness that I have with past friends and relationships and the things that I get to see in their lives. But I hate when these things aren't evident on people's pages, especially when they claim Jesus. Because to me, it hurts, and we don't represent our Lord well when we're not these things. So I don't know where you're at in your life today. And I don't know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. But if you ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, I believe he will today. And I believe, I just want to ask this question. One, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Do you know Jesus as your Lord? You may have said, God, I want to spend eternity with you and I'm sorry for my sin. But have you said, I want you to be control of my life? I want you to be Lord of my life. Are you following his instructions? Are you in following? Are you walking in a way worthy of his calling? Are you listening for his leading? You know, the Holy Spirit, we see this list also in Galatians, and it's known as the fruit of the Spirit. And as we walk more in step with the Spirit, these are things that come out in our lives as a result of us following the Holy Spirit. But it also says in, um, in 2 Peter chapter 1, where it talks about these, some of these exact same things, and it says, make every effort to add to your faith. So we should be surrendering to the Spirit and we should want the fruit produced in our spirit, but we should also be making every effort in and of ourselves to do these things. We're walking in a way worthy of our calling. 